too cool, Captain. It's funny, the <laughs> one thing everybody agreed on in 2020 is that Carol right? Baskin Carol killed her Baskin. husband. <laughs> Did you see the tweet about um, OJ that he said, I'm convinced Carol Baskin killed her husband? And they're like, thank God an expert has weighed in on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's perfect, yes. Uh, okay, well, seriously, cheesy intro time, just so I can get it out of the way. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Sip List, the podcast where we drink wine and talk about our favorite things. I'm Amanda, and tonight I am joined by very special guests, Beth and Mike. What's up, guys? Hello! Hello! Hello. So I, I want to really start off on the record here as saying, I have absolutely no business being here. Like, there's, there's things that I'm legitimately knowledgeable on. You know, like I could talk about music or movies or technology uh, but like this this is the last place <laughs> i i fell ass backwards into a relationship in high school and Hello. i never yeah. left and I, we're here <laughs> that's really more a credit to me than it is him yeah <laughs> like i'm just along here for the ride like i don't know what is going on Hey, you guys are like one of my favorite couples. I'm so happy you're still together 24-ish years later. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Yeah, I like it. I'm here for it. Um, yeah, so you guys have been dating or married, not married since high school, but you guys start you guys started dating senior year, right? Or was it before No, that? it junior. actually was our junior year, okay. right? Okay. Before Christmas of 95. So we're wow. coming rapidly approaching 25 years. That's Ooh. insane. That's Nothing insane. makes you feel older than uh, counting then down years. Watching your teenagers drive and oh counting God, how long you've been married. Well, but yeah, know, it's better than the alternative, I say. Yeah, we were doing some English project and then we were kissing. I don't remember exactly how that went down. But... <laughs> yeah, we credit Miss Mallory. Mrs. Mallory. Oh, yes. Colleen yes. Mallory was the. Uh, yeah, you're going to bleep out all the names, right? To protect the guilty. Oh, yes, yeah. she definitely is the guilty. She would appreciate, I'm pretty sure she would appreciate this uh, podcast. Well, I will say if you would have told me in uh, senior AP English that the three of us would be talking on a podcast together about the adult subjects we're going to be addressing, well, I wouldn't have believed you. We all would be yeah. embarrassed. I would have yeah. said, what's a like, podcast? <laughs> oh, yeah, what's a podcast? <laughs> what's a podcast? Can I get there on AOL.com? <laughs> well, I've been like, do, do those two even know what sex is? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, well, at that point, no, yeah. not so much. <laughs> okay, well, I, I won't make you reveal any of that stuff, but, you know, you're married now, so it's okay. It's fine. I'm, we're yeah. pretty open about all the things, and the reason Mike is here is because he is my counterpart in all of the things, and it's good to have somebody to bounce ideas off of. Or bounce whatever off of. Also, he. There, I, there see, I'm starting right now. I'm involved. kicking it off right now. Yeah, no, I have that's... I have zero shame, so that's yeah. the other part. You know, I, I always make good company. Cause... I appreciate you setting us up for the spike like that. So yeah. that's... <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Um, yeah, so I think uh, we've established that we've known each other a long time, so that's good. So um, introduce our topic. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, what are we going to talk about tonight? Um, we are going to talk about. Uh, our top five favorite ways or things that get you in the mood for some baby making or not baby, baby making. making that is a baby making topic yeah see i'm already there too yeah <laughs> no. 
Yeah, I mean, we had a we had a playlist of music today that we were going through, and then we were like, wait, what are the trademark and copyright <sighs> rules? Yeah, I don't we... want to get you a copyright strike. That would have been sad. I think we can talk about them because I I have let's talk some... about sex, baby. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I have some comments I about music, but um... sex you up. Yes, you're right. They're it's all nineties. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, all nineties songs, are. definitely. That's all nineties songs, and that was a. I yeah. mean, that's a hometown group right there. Mostly, right? Yeah. Bad. They, yeah. mostly they... boy bands. Yeah. yeah, I mean the nineties R and B scene was the best sex music, honestly. I mean, oh, I mean, well, I, I mean, mean, there might have been some in the seventies and eighties too, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. so bef- before we get into that, let's oh. talk about what we're drinking. Did we we jumped the gun? It's okay. okay. Well, I made. I, I hope that's the only time you jump the gun. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> um. I made a drink that has lime juice and elderflower liqueur, which is St. Germain's. I don't know if you've had St. Germain's, but we're I a, rec- a recent convert to St. Germain's. Um, and then simple syrup and Prosecco. So this is a wine cocktail with Prosecco and St. Germain's. Which totally counts. Right? I agree. Yeah. I yeah. agree. I was worried this wouldn't be strong enough, so off off camera here, I've got the uh, blended Scotch whiskey. Nice. Uh, oh, there's a podcast visual, right, for all yeah. of you <laughs> listening at home. Mike has more shame than I do, so he needs a little more alcohol to get past yeah, his barriers. Yeah, and there's something about Amanda and alcohol and me that just causes weird... <laughs> I, so, I, don't know what, I don't know what you're saying. I'm saying if you okay, get fine. drunk this time and throw up, that's on you because I'm not I, even there. I so <laughs> I have been drunk twice in my life, right? <laughs> Once was in high school. Okay. Um was coming back from a With party that involved my good friends Jack and Coke. Yeah. And stumbled out <laughs> of the car and I barfed on the front lawn like right before my mom came out to check it, right? So <laughs> high school, right? And then again, when I was 41, <laughs> when we were hanging out with Amanda and I was trying to get over my social anxiety uh, with a little social lubricant. And so I pre-gamed a drink and then Amanda offered us a drink and then we went out to dinner and there were more drinks. And I don't really remember and what happened after that. And a long car ride. That didn't help anything. And oh, yeah. I've uh, never quite been so mortified in all of my life. It was fine. It was, <laughs> it was fine. fine, yeah. <laughs> Nothing I, quite brings you together like bodily functions and drinking. So, exactly. I mean, that, you're going to be best friends forever. That's yeah, really how this works. We're soul bonded now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> happy I didn't vomit. <laughs> That's all I care about. <laughs> yeah. Also, when you told that high school drinking story, I, you yeah. probably don't remember this at dinner, but I was so shocked because I really thought, I mean, I knew Beth a lot better than I knew you, but I just knew you were this smart goody two-shoes guy, and I never got drunk in high school, so there you go. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're yeah. cooler it's than all me. About, all about opportunity, right? I, yeah. Also, I he had an older brother, you know. That's true. Different. Yeah, that opens a lot of doors for you, right? Yeah, they have an older, he has an older class of friends just because he has an older brother. So. Yeah. Very true. That's a good point. Um, well, I'm drinking a red blend. It's a little uh, cardboard which is fancy oh, talk. Yes. Fancy talk for boxed wine. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So we're, we're, we're a level up from two buck Chuck from Trader yes. Joe's. 
Yes, it's a little bit leveled up. I mean, it was eighteen dollars for the box, so that's oh my you know, god, kind of yeah. decent. Wow, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying, I'm no, trying to church it up. It's just box wine. <laughs> yeah, um, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. So it, it's called Provisions, uh, which isn't one I, I usually get. The um, oh crap, what's the one I get? Boda box is usually what I get if I get a box. Okay, it's all right, pretty decent, but. You know, I can't drink fancy wine every time I do this, or I'm going to go bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. Not until uh, all that sweet, sweet podcast money starts yes. rolling in. Unless the wine companies, hint, hint, <laughs> want to start sponsoring me, hint, hint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have, uh, I usually have problems with alcohol, but it turns out there is a, for wine, um, are you doing another sponsorship here? Yeah, I think we on? need to. But for wine, they have these things now called the wand Ooh. that you dunk in your wine and it removes the histamine and the sulfites. So Say what? I know, right? So it... Interesting. It, in, in fact, it says alleviates headaches and congestion, removes up to 95% of the histamines and sulfites. And they're just these little pocket, like they call it a spoon, but it's just this little pocket thing that you dunk in your wine, swirl it around and let it sit for a couple of minutes. And then it removes the sulfites. It soaks them up. What about roofies? Does it work for <laughs> You think on roofing me? Well, I mean, a man's got to do what a man's got to oh, do. Oh yeah. Well, if you focus on these top five, you won't have to worry about it. Exactly. <laughs> this is a foolproof plan we got going right now. So That's right. All uh, the secrets you ever wanted to know. Yeah, no, that's that's why I'm here. Like, that's... <laughs> okay, that's so you guys, are, you guys are scientists, so do you put your stamp of approval on those little sticks? Yeah, actually, they're really cool. Okay, yeah. I'm going to get some. Anyway, if you have, if you're somebody who has headaches or side effects that aren't just alcohol-related, but are more yes. related to the side mm. effects from you know, particularly wine versus distilled. Like I yeah. don't drink beer or wine because they often give me bad problems. And so I would much prefer like a hard liquor. Yeah. But now I can drink wine and not feel, Yay. not feel the effects of it quite as badly. Well, and also I think in all honesty, we should let people know that when you buy wine, you buy the stuff that's one notch below Kool-Aid. I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. There's hey. actually a winery here in town that sells low alcohol wine. And I'm like, yay, it's something I can drink. That's like, you know, not quite a juice box it's, or a, yeah. a Capri Sun with a little touch of alcohol. Okay. Well, I buy all the cheap stuff that supposedly has arsenic in it. So what are you going to do? It's oh. fine. We're all going to die. Yeah, well, if you drink yeah. a lot of selenium, you'll be fine. That's true, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're all going to die. And, you know, I know I'm going to be killed by some freak accident. Like, that's just, I've already accepted that as my fate. Oh, I'm going to be like that one American a year that dies falling off the toilet. That's going to be me. So, whatever I mean, happens. If you got to go. Yeah. Leave, leave, <laughs> a, way to go. leave a splash. <laughs> Just as long as nobody takes pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yes. Okay. Well, so I do want to kind of before we dive in, Mm. um, two things. First thing, so typically, since there's three of us, it's a little bit different. But typically what I will do, because we haven't talked about our list together, is discuss how many we think we'll have in common. So what I would like to do is for the two of you to wager how many you'll have in common. And then Beth and I will wager on how many we have in common. Okay. So I think we're going to see a huge gender divide here. I think the the male-female thing is going to be huge. Yeah, I think that's probably so. That's what she said. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> yeah. So do we have a drinking game? There are. Right? <laughs> gosh, there's some that are guineas, and there's some that are like. You know, men are Mars and women are Venus. And I, what right. the hell are you, you, that? Like the dishes? Seriously? Oh my God. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go two out of five for Beth and I. I'm guessing we have one out of five, but I haven't seen his list. Wow. Ooh, I guess I was the optimistic okay. one tonight. Optimistic. Sorry, mm. that's a code name. We probably yeah. get to, that'll probably make its appearance in our, uh, in our list. But, but I'm going to just come out and say, uh, you and Amanda, uh, four out of five. Yeah, I bet we probably have three out of five. That's kind of what I was going to say, too, is three out of five. I mean, because, yes, you're right, the gender card or whatever is going to play into it a little bit just based on, you know, the differences between men and women. But I also don't maybe think we're as different as everybody thinks. I mean, men versus women. And even if we do have the same things on our list, it doesn't mean it means the same thing to all of us. So mm. that's going to be interesting too. I think. And yeah. tonight we're going to find out. Exactly. <laughs> Secrets are coming out. <laughs> um, the other thing I did want to do, if you guys don't mind, um, before we get into it, just to give people some kind of reference, I was wondering if you would talk a little bit about kind of what you have been through with lamb and not so much like I know that it's affected you guys you know spiritually emotionally mentally but maybe a little more on the physical side of things like having a disease you know how you've overcome that or how it's affected you and if you're comfortable talking about that because I think you know yeah you have something physical going on that's an insecurity or a, a roadblock and that's one of the things we should talk about. So I've never seen anything Beth is uncomfortable talking about. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely think that's important. And also just, um, I've had weight issues. So we've had weight issues and health issues and lots of just body insecurities in general. So mm-hmm. I have a, for all of our listeners who don't really know me from Adam, um, mm-hmm. I have a lung disease that's rare and I found out in 2015 that I had this lung disease that's called lymphangioliomyomatosis and it's called LAM for sure. I'm going to just spell that for me. Yeah. (laughs) I'll have to spell it early before. I'll I'll put a a link in the episode notes. Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) lymphangioliomyomatosis is a genetic disease that's caused by the TSC1 and TSC2 gene mutations. Oh, that genetic disease. Oh, right, right. right. But more importantly, it's um, a female, primarily female-only disease. So there's been maybe a handful of men who've been diagnosed with it, but it's secondary to them having tuberous sclerosis. So one of the things that um, really plays into it is hormones. And I'm lucky that I was diagnosed after we had kids. So that didn't play into our decision about family, but um, it definitely changed a lot of things because I had my ovaries taken out. So I was plunged headfirst into menopause. And then also I had many, many lung collapses. So I ended up with nine lung collapses in the year 2015 and spent lots of time in the hospital and had chest tubes and surgeries. And so there was lots of trauma to my torso and to my breasts and to my ribs and my lungs. And then I had my ovaries removed and then kind of just spent a year in trauma, like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, 
mm-hmm. waiting for bad things to happen, not knowing, you know, if it was safe to make plans, if it was safe to kind of what, what was happening in the future. And so emotionally I mean, that led to a lot of withdrawal uh, right. from Mike, from society, from people, from planning the future at all, because I, we were given kind of a time frame of three to five years initially, and then five to 10 years, maybe on the optimistic side. And then, you know, after a few more years, it was like, well, now we don't really think it's all that big a deal at all. You <laughs> probably will live a healthy, normal life. And so there was this transition phase from being terminal to being chronic. And that transition was really difficult. Um, And so for us as a couple trying to navigate through issues of, you know, emotional issues and future planning. And, you know, we had a five, we had a six and 11 year old at the time and just trying to figure out where things stood for us. That was really, really challenging, but then also trying to reestablish physicality and emotional bonds and sexuality and physical compatibility because everything hurt. Like, you know, there had been a lot of trauma to my breasts, to my rib cage, to my pelvis, like just everything had been affected. Um, trying to establish how to touch and safe touch and what feels good. And like it, it's not that I had been violated in the same way that, you know, a rape victim or somebody would, would have to go through that. But a lot of the emotional trauma, maybe not so different. I had PTSD and I had a lot of things from a a procedural capacity. And so trying to navigate through that and reestablish connections was really vital for us. Yeah. You go through this whole roller coaster of, okay, we're facing a death sentence. What are we going to do? What's our future going to look like too? Okay. Well now it's just, okay. You're going to live life sort of like normal, even though you've had all this stuff happen, but like emotionally and mentally, you've got to get back to just, okay, we're regular people living our lives again, but to your body, it's still a real thing. Even though, you know, nobody knows by looking at you, you're not in the hospital anymore, but yeah, it changes your whole life. And so, you know, I think that's one of the things, especially in a marriage where people survive something like that, that, I mean, I think a lot of people sometimes talking about sex with each other, talking about what they need and how those needs change is hard without involving something like that. So I just think it's important to help, you know, kind of bring to awareness that even just as normal people, we change the things that, you know, turned me on 15 years ago might not be the same things that do now. And it has nothing to do with anything that's happened to me. It's just growth. Right. Exactly. And we deal with change in different ways. So Mike was worried about hurting me. Right. Which is completely natural and normal. And I needed that physical connection to reassure me that I was still okay and functioning, especially after being thrust into menopause. I needed to feel sexy and I needed to feel valued as a woman and I needed to feel like everything wasn't broken and sometimes that connection was hard to establish and so it took a couple of years I mean it was not an easy transition or a fast transition and it took us a while to figure out how to navigate those hills and valleys and we're still working on it, but that's the point is that we're actively working on it and we talk about it and we're open right. with those struggles, which I think is really valuable. 
I think it's important for us to talk about it. I think it's important for us to be open about it with our friends so that they can support us or challenge us or encourage us. Um, because we've seen a lot of our friends' marriages fail and it makes us, it makes us aware of what we have and makes us value what we have. And it makes us, makes it even more important for us to really put effort and, and thought into it. So from my end, and I know this may sound odd because, you know, what you're describing was really horrific and she spent, you know, a year in the hospital and, you know, had a, a short time left to live. But from our relationship, it wasn't all that different than from when we had kids. Yeah, that's true. Like the way the first kid blows apart your marriage and wrecks your body and destroys your sex life. Like those things were kind of on par with me. Yeah. Um, But not unlike breastfeeding or being pregnant or whatever, where you're going through emotional roller coaster of up and down. And one big difference, though, is in the first 10 years of our marriage, I particularly was really bad at having open conversations. So it was even hard to talk about with, you know, people as open as Beth. And after, you know, we were together long enough, we finally learned kind of the hard way that, yeah, the conversation is awkward and, and silly and weird, but it's so healthy and so beneficial. And so necessary because right. I can't read your mind and I don't know what's going on. And if you just let the stuff fester in the dark, it's just poison for your mind and your relationship. And just the more we can bring these conversations out in the open, it's just so much healthier and ultimately, for everyone. I think a lot of that was remnants of purity culture. So right. our oh, yeah. background in growing up in Oklahoma and braced by very, very, very conservative Christian churches and theology where yeah. sex was not addressed what we believe in the most healthy way. Um, <laughs> uh, that's being pretty generous. No, but I mean, uh, I, I do think that that is important and it's important to acknowledge that Mike and I came from a very similar background in that, which I yeah. think helps us, but also the very stark contrast between the genders raised in the same yeah. conservative Christian mm. background is, is really fascinating. And the more we became open and talking about sex with each other, which again, like Mike said, you know, took a decade of our relationship right. and marriage to kind of get past those barriers where we could openly talk about what we desired or yeah. what we wanted or what made us feel good or what was pleasurable. Like the, the difference between being able to talk about the, and to be able to laugh about the things that yeah are funny. Like you need to be able to laugh about sex and even in the moment to be able to accept the things that happen and yeah. move on and embrace what you're feeling and what, you know, feels good and brings you pleasure. Like, yeah, it is not as serious no. as we made it out to be. No, and it's so much easier to have sex than it is to talk about it. It's just like, right? Sure. And and we yeah. we grow up where our only, especially when we're not talking about it in healthy circles, or mm. you know, when right. we're we're not talking about it in open, honest conversation, then our only reference points for sex are from TV, movies, right. books, pornography, you know, whatever, wherever you're getting those social cues from. And you're not talking about 
oh, it's messy. It's not always comfortable. Yeah. There's weird sounds. There's weird yes. smells. Like there's weird functions. <laughs> there's weird things that happen and you don't know how to deal with that. And it's not always comfortable. And you, it may be comfortable in one position, but not in a different one. Like there's things that you don't talk about, like yeah. how to, to, how like the actual practicality of when it comes down to exploring your sexuality and your sexual nature. And also the forbidden side of things like masturbation and right. self-exploration. And you don't have the tools in your toolbox to tell somebody else what is pleasurable to you. That is a real hamper on your sexuality whenever yeah. you're trying to come into a relationship and you're already handicapping the relationship because you don't know your own body. You don't know how how things work like in a realistic perspective you can't talk about it with anybody because that's not an open conversation that you grew up having right Um, and so i do think it's really important for us to be able to normalize sex conversations and not necessarily take them out of a christian context but to be able to normalize that inside of your beliefs and whatever and to promote healthy sexuality Right. And remove it from your, your valuation. Like God loves you more than your own sexuality. Like he does not just look at you for your sexuality. And we use these terms with sexuality, like, um, damaged goods and things that, Mm. um, tainted. Tainted. Yeah. 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 Like that are horrible for sexuality, right? Like these, these are things that are not, are not healthy. Um, and so we, particularly, you know, our, this is one of our things that we are really, really conscientious about, um, embracing a healthy sexual ethic. Right. Yeah. Just really from like within a Christian context, you know, how is the, the typical American Christian approach to sex ed done? Like, what's your, what's your report card? It's pretty terrible. I don't think it is. Um, yeah. yeah, right. It's awful. So and the 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 Puritan ideals and the controlling women by trying to tell them sex is awful and shameful and your body is evil and dirty and wrong, like that stuff is completely counter to the healthy theology. It's not even what's in the Bible, if right. if that matters to you. But and your um, body is only there to procreate. It's not but, for you're there to please your your mate, and you're there to make babies, and that's it. Like, no. but then when yeah, you look at why it, why does the clitoris exist? Exactly. But then when you look at it beyond just Christianity, I mean that that is the predominant theme in many theological cultures right. aside from Christianity. You know, so when you look at Judaism or Islam or you know whatever, or just. Most of American culture, yeah, it's still really taboo. Country founded by prudes, (laughs) especially especially living in the South, like we do. So we live in Texas. So even if you never have gone to church, like there's still these kind of cultural norms, and the norm is you say you're fine regardless, and you never talk about this. It was a real life changing moment when about ten years ago we were staying up way too late. And we had our first ever like honest conversation like with another couple. And it was like, oh my God, like you guys too? Like we thought we were the only people. And it was just incredibly freeing and life-giving to actually be able to talk about sex with someone. Yeah. 
And they've also been married for a long time. So I think that's really important to, uh, to be able to look at our, yeah. Kind of our relationships through that guideline. I think no matter what belief system you have, or if you even have a belief system, whether you believe in God or you believe in just science or just this or just that, the human body was made to function a certain way. And if it wasn't supposed to function like that, we wouldn't have been made that way, regardless of who you think created you. Exactly. Your body's meant to function that way. So yeah. right. I, I want the Christians to know that you know what we were describing was toxic and wrong and sex is a gift from God and you should embrace it. Yes. And I want everyone to know, like Christians or not, um talking about <laughs> sex openly is healthy and positive and good, and we should do it a lot more than we do. Yes. yes. And uh yeah, I was gonna say uh talking about, you know, imagining when we were in high school talking about this, it just made me think, uh, Beth, us at youth group on Tuesday, was it Tuesday nights or Wednesday nights? Oh, yeah. There's no way we were having these conversations. No, no, we were, we were having purity rings and all kinds of things, which is really, really damaging. Like, I can't even... We, we were having Timothy and Tabitha classes where we separated the genders. We don't yes. even let them, we don't ever let them intermix. Like it's really damaging to. And we were having our mean girls fights most of the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, but well, yeah. I was already having sex by then. So I, I guess, you know, I was, well, I was already past that hurdle, but. Yeah, well, but I remember a lot of people were. Yeah. And, and you weren't damaged. Like God didn't, your, your whole value to God was not wrapped around your sexuality and your virginity and your value as a woman was not related to your virginal status. Like that was the thing that was so deeply embedded and wrongly so by this purity culture as a whole, um, that we, we have obviously, you know, fully rejected and hashtag purity culture dropout yeah (laughs) that's a good one that's a good one okay so i forgot to do this before but i guess i'll do it now and then we'll dive into our lists um if you don't already know we're going to talk about sex a lot if you're a prude if you're a prude you probably need to go ahead and turn this off if you're not it's probably going to make you horny so maybe you know have embrace a, it. Embrace have, it. Have an after plan ready. I don't know. <laughs> go find your go find your mate. Get, find your your couple or find your uh, get the Kleenex. Get the baby wipes. Find your vibrator. Whatever. Get the, get the batteries. Your battery you need. Your boyfriend. Your bomb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, how about we go? We'll let Mike. We'll let you go in the middle. How's that? All right, the third wheel. That's we're, me. Yes. No, no, you're the sandwich. The sandwich. I'm, I'm the meat. <laughs> you're the meat. You're the meat. Oh. And the lady bread. Oh, let's stop this uh, okay, metaphor okay. real quick, please. You're the let's cream just, filling. <laughs> who's going first? <laughs> okay. Beth, let's let you go first. So, okay. again, we're going to talk about ways or things or actions or whatever it is that just get you in the mood for sex. So number five, what do you got? So this one's a little general and we kind of talked about it, but I think it bears mentioning. So I put it as number five, which was to make it a priority. So Mm. in 2019, my new, well, I guess it was really like coming up on the end of 2018. We had gone on a cruise with Mike's family and we were, you know, talking about stuff because we were traveling and the plan was to, 
you know, I was trying to figure out New Year's resolutions and all the things, but my New Year's resolution that year was to focus on how my partner made me feel cherished, loved, safe, and protected. And then out of that became this um, real openness so, which was awesome. And Mike, it took him a couple of months because it's not to say that he's more oblivious, but he's a little bit oblivious. But Mike's pretty oblivious. <laughs> um, and so it, it really was until about March that he was like, wow, things have been really awesome. And I finally confessed to him like, well, that's good. Cause I, you know, since January, I've actually been focusing like a daily practice on just spending five minutes meditating, or sometimes it was more like two minutes, but meditating on ways that he made me feel cherished, loved, safe, or protected. And that was life-giving to our sexuality, because especially for women, I think that emotional security is key as a base level of opening the conversation and also just allowing your body to really open up and feel things physically. Right. So, so you yeah. would take that and then just kind of like go about your day, but it would make you more like affectionate towards him or nicer yep. to him or just, yep. okay, gotcha. We, yeah. we kissed more. We had more eye contact, like where we would just have sustained eye contact or where he would come in the door and I would hug him or whatever. But that really opened up the door to looking for ways to appreciate him. And that also then built a solid foundation, I think, for improving our sex life. Nice. Yeah, wow. that's good. That's very important. I'm, I'm learning so much already. <laughs> Just this idea of like feeling cherished and protected and safe as being sexy is still such a foreign concept. <laughs> like that doesn't translate over to men, I think, like at all. Um, but I think when you, feel, when you feel safe with somebody, it opens, at least for me and I think for women, when you feel safe with someone and you feel like they're not judging you, it opens up so much more sexually because... Yes, absolutely. I can do this to my husband and if he doesn't like it, great. And if he does, great. But either way, he's not going to be like, what the hell are you doing? That was stupid. Yeah, he he doesn't ever say no, no. Stand back up. Like that, that's it. Get away get from away me, from woman. my penis. What are you doing? Get away from me, woman. I I give you no permission to touch me there. Like that's never that's never a conversation that I've ever heard yeah. from a man. Like, wow. Yeah, that's wow. So so that emotional part doesn't really even in a marriage doesn't. I mean, I know guys can get basically turned on, you know, like that. Like sometimes I wish I was a man because there's all these times where I'm like, I want to have sex or my husband wants to have sex. And I'm like, I just want to do it and get off and feel as good as he feels without all the extra mental baggage that comes to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. But it's like, I don't want to feel the emotional stuff. I, I don't want to like retread these old, like, gender stereotypes and i don't want to like you know play into these old like well, they exist for a reason. And stuff but yeah i guess stereotypes do exist for a reason yeah there was a time i remember when i was furious at beth and i was like getting ready to like you know, have the World War Three arguments to end all arguments. Like, how dare you? And she like unzipped Put her my shirt fly. Off and, yep. <laughs> and 
and uh, all right, I'm on, game on, let's go, let's do this. Don't and think we don't know that that's a, a thing we can do. I, I wonder sometimes if women appreciate the, the power that they have, because <laughs> it's not clear. But <laughs> I, would, I would say also like trying to be more you know, serious with, with what you and Beth were saying. Men in general, I, I'm just starting to appreciate the depth and profundity of body issues that women have. Yeah. Like I, and it makes no sense to us because speaking on behalf of 95% of men, like we think you look great and we want to see you naked and we want your bodies up against our bodies. And okay, there might be 5% of men out there who say crap about you, but that's because they're assholes. Like they don't represent yeah. us. And it's taken me a really long time to like appreciate that women have these profound body issues. And we have a daughter and a son for reference. Yeah. So our, our daughter is almost 16. And so dealing with them on the firsthand level of my own body issues, which have spanned the gamut. So aside from just having this lung disease, I was also at one point 320 pounds. And so that the level of, and this is all while Mike and I have been together. Like he's, right. he's loved me fat and he's loved me thin and everything in between sick and healthy and all of the things. But it really, it's not that it, you know, doesn't matter to me. He wants me to be healthy, right. but as far as how much I weigh or if my skin wiggles or whatever, like that's not a thing that keeps him from wanting me. Right. Yep. And that is part of the emotional and mental thing that he, it's taken a lot of years for him to really understand. Yeah. The depth yeah. of how damaging what we tell ourselves and what, you know, we gain glean from society and from pressure right. and from a lot of different sources, you know, church, culture, family, you know, whatever. It's taken a long time for him to really fully understand what it's like. And part of that is going through it, raising a child. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to reconcile because what Mike just said is right. I mean, I, you know, my husband said the same thing and I've heard a lot of guys say it. We don't care what you look like. We just want to see you naked. It doesn't matter. But at the same time, it's hard to reconcile that with how men sometimes even not purposefully talk about or objectify women a certain way. Like, you know, my husband would say sometimes like a while back, you know, we'd see somebody on TV and he'd be like, uh, she's kind of chunky or maybe not even like she's kind of heavy or whatever. And in my mind, I'm going, that girl is skinnier than me. So does he think I'm fat? And it's exactly. like, well, he doesn't think I'm fat. He just, you know, said a stupid thing, but it doesn't have anything to do with me. But that's immediately what you think. I'm because like, well, because he's comparing her to other rail thin people exactly. on TV. Mm. It's not translating into real exactly. life television or comparing it to you. Right. Yeah, similar conversations where I've been in family situations and they, you know, somebody would make a comment about somebody else and say, you know, oh, well, they've really let themselves go or they really gained a lot of weight or whatever. Right. And I'm like, they're still 50 pounds lighter than me. You must exactly. think I'm like fatty, fatty four by four. <laughs> like what, what must you think of me in this situation where 
you know, if they've really let themselves go, who am I? I'm the fattest person, you know, like, right. And these, these conversations are really damaging in a way that we don't quite understand. And I don't think we fully introduced this, but I'm, I'm now working on getting my PhD in immunology and looking at cell processes and metabolic processes and all of these things there's so many <laughs> <laughs> hashtag nerd, nerd alert nerd alert nerd alert yeah hashtag Beth can you cure diabetes for me <laughs> I wish I could man we're we're there's I mean recombinant insulin is such a huge that's probably one of the biggest um and in fact our biochem teacher told us like this is the biggest discovery biggest progress we've made in healthcare in the last 50 years was you know recombinant insulin and honey it's never going to happen not to go off on a tangent but diabetes makes too much money for doctors mm. and pharmaceutical companies yeah it's not getting cured i know that's I, my personal belief and i'm obviously a little jaded because well because insulin keeps going up and it's ridiculous and there's and no it's control the over it thing yeah, yeah. And, and the only and people making was, money are the fda and the insurance yes. not the not the fda right. let me go back it's well, the yeah. drug company the drug companies and the insurance companies that are yeah, yeah constantly and, in a, a positive positive margins for their since i was diagnosed all i've ever heard every year we're like three years away from a cure we're like four years away from a cure we're we're gonna get it no it's not happening Uh, at least not in my lifetime but anyway i mean we're getting better treatments but the problem is now there's side effects from the treatment i mean obviously you know this the effects from insulin are are great are as great as the disease like we really have to be concerned about the effects of insulin on other systems of the body and I've gained so much weight I've lost so much hair it's yeah. just like it's and it sucks yeah but, I mean it's better than the alternative because I could be dead you know without insulin every single yeah. day that's a whole other conversation obviously <laughs> and and I will talk about it a little bit just because of the same thing along the lines with you yeah. and your your yeah. lamb yeah. stuff there's stuff that comes with that but all right. Well, let's move uh, on yeah. to Mike. Let's let top, you talk a little bit. Top and, five ways the American healthcare so system is. <laughs> exactly. So what was your Oh, wait. Five? So let's see. We're, we're an hour into this podcast and we're, we're one fifteenth of the <laughs> okay, way through. So what was your number five? Rita? Well, it's like yours was all like meaningful and deep and mine are so childish. It's, and um, Mike, mine are not meaningful and deep either, except for one of them. So please, all God, right. give me Thank something you, Amanda. physical. All right. <laughs> So I know I, I wrote this down and then I realized after writing it down, it might come off as a little weird given that it's a podcast about drinking wine, but I put uh, wine. That's number five. Nice. And I, I want to say it was Star Jones, but I might be wrong. Like, you know, one of the great prophets of our time who said like, look, <laughs> you get yourself Star some brown liquor yes. And some very white, and like you know, all your problems like will go away. Like white that's, and very white. Yeah, and unless so, you get whiskey dick. <laughs> yep. Say yeah, it. that's gonna be a party foul right there. Yeah, so that's you, not a good time. You don't want to overdo it. Like you might feel invincible, but you're not. So you know, there's nothing quite like well, put the kids to bed, and we'll have a couple of cocktails and. Mm-hmm. All right, like there it is. We're gonna we're gonna have a grown up night tonight. Okay, 
And the lowering of inhibitions can always be a good thing if that's what does it for you. I mean. Yeah. Well, it's not only that, but like. And the relaxation. Yeah. There's something about alcohol. It's not just inhibition lowering. It's this like, it makes you want whatever is right in front of you. Yeah, that's true. And if that happens to be your spouse, then great. Like, go (laughs) for it. All the better. All the better. (laughs) So, uh, lesson here is don't let Mike get drunk unless he's with you. (laughs) Um, That's some good advice. Yeah. I'll always be with you when drinking. Yeah, of course, sometimes, you know, Mike might pass out and throw up and then somebody else's car (laughs) that's only happened once in our relationship so that's totally fine i guess once in 20 years that's not bad that's not bad it's happened to me way more times than that so (laughs) so lucky uh my husband likes drunk sex with me because uh i do get very bold Excellent, excellent. Yeah, Um, no, that's but there's a very fine line between bold and downhill fast. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's there's yeah, there's a fun, happy middle ground right there. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, if you need wine to have sex, that's not good. Um, but like it can be fun, it can be healthy, it can make life more fun. So embrace it. Again, just stay away from the whiskey dick. Uh, (laughs) My wedding night, my husband got so drunk, it was a long, long, long time going. It's just, it's sad (laughs) how... He was drunk the next morning, he couldn't even walk straight. Well, just like a lot of people who grew up in Christian relationships, like we'd never had like quote unquote sex like until our wedding night. And like the whole thing is is a comedy of errors. Because yeah. you're tired, you're so tired. Yes. You have no idea what you're doing. It's we were a whole trying, process just to get out of your clothes. We at that were point. trying to use condoms, and we later learned that Beth is allergic to latex. Oh, yeah, there so was, think there about was, that for a second. Right? There was so much. Like <laughs> there was so much. Like, the whole thing is just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I'm very much, uh, I don't want to be that person and have people get mad at me, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm a big believer in premarital sex because, well, I think it should be with somebody that you really care about and somebody that you trust and blah, 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 blah. I have always had this idea of my wedding night being this special thing, and it was, and I did not want my wedding night to be this awkward, uh, well, where do I put this? And what do I do here? And does that go in my mouth or does it go somewhere else? Like, like, what, what is happening? What is happening here? And, and again, to go back and say, this is a messy process. This is yes. not always obvious. Like to have some understanding of what is happening and that this is all in the realm of normal is yeah. really important. Yeah. Like, you know what I've realized true love is now? Being married and having sex all this time? It's when the husband brings a towel to the bed. Yes. <laughs> That's love right there. I mean, like, we legit have baby wipes. And- it's always on my side. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. You have to sleep on the wet spot. Exactly. He's always like, we need a wet bed and a dry bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Yeah, right. Good point. We'll, okay, pour, we'll pour some wine. We'll get out the tarp. All right. What's your number five? Okay, so mine is um, music. Well, sexy music, I guess. Um, yes. Okay. Kind of like what we talked I about. I also had that on my list. Nice. So I, a good playlist? 
Yes, I and I have specific playlists. I was I, gonna ask. Yeah. What's your number one song? Ooh. Do you have a, Do you have one, or are they do they go in order? Like, do you have a progression? No, I shuffle them. Do you have Although stripper? That's okay. Is, is that's there okay. stripper music and then banging oh, music? A little and, bit. Um, yeah. I've got a lot of Usher, some yeah. J. Cole, Miguel, mm-hmm. anything that just has like a deep sensual beat that like to me, music is very powerful to me. It makes me want to sing. It makes me want to move my body. And so when it's a sensual mm-hmm. kind of thing, yeah. it, it automatically gets me into a different headspace just from listening to it, especially if I know, hey, we're going to have sex. And I'm like, okay, this, it loosens my body up and it just makes me want to be physical with somebody which yeah you know, everybody might not feel that way music just has that kind of power over me you know it makes me cry it makes me happy it makes me want to have sex I mean it just but yeah um I actually I do have a whole playlist maybe I'll share my playlist in the podcast notes but you yeah, totally should that would be popular I mean yeah color me bad like it just does things to people <laughs> no... we we also have a couple of playlists and and to be fair like we could use it could be longer like yeah I mean, or, it's embarrassing if your sex playlist is only 12 minutes or, long, if, right? it's, or, if, or if it's the same one I yeah. mean like there's times we need to change it up yeah. yeah and and sometimes honestly I haven't done this in a long time but when my husband and I were dating I also had another playlist that you know was for sex and also not but it was more like emotional type music like you know stuff that makes you feel like you're connecting on an emotional level not just on a physical level so I think it depends on what mood you're in and Mm. and what kind of love making experience you're craving that night but (laughs) just imagine like trying to have sex to like Celine Dion in the background and that's just that that wasn't it okay not that kind of music no um (laughs) you know I've had sex with some all different some weird music i mean if you block it out but if it's good music that makes you want to move your body in a sensual way all the better so yeah absolutely all right you know uh, um, number oh go ahead everyone might not know this but we're in a band so we're cool and we believe in the power of music we do that's true yeah i do preach into the choir music is one of the most powerful things in the world so at least to me Everybody has their thing, but music's mine. So, well, I guess it's more yours, but whatever. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Okay, my number four. Number four. Number four. S- subscription boxes, which <laughs> we kind of talked about a little bit. And and that I have not tried out. So, yes, please educate me. Okay. Well, well, we have another corporate sponsor coming on. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, we've tried a few. And I will say they all have a little bit of a different feel, a little bit of a different vibe, a little bit of a different emphasis. Good choices of words. Keep it going. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we signed up for the kink kit, which is now called something else. Um, anyway, and okay. it's great, but it's more about kind of an emotional connection, which is awesome. Wait, Um, it's called Kink, but it's about emotional connection? I'm intrigued. Kink Kit. And now it's called something else. Hang on. So it's not kinky? It's emotional? Well, they have options. Um, Okay. But it's good. Um, 
And then we signed up for the fantasy box, which is more scenarios and role playing and yeah, intriguing, hmm. sc- intriguing scenarios or things to try. And so it really is more fantasy based, which is fun. Okay, so the personal question coming. So yeah. do you guys role play? Oh, okay, sorry. Kink Kit is now Tango. Tango. Okay. Two, to ta- two to Tango is the company, and it's she's a psychologist, and so they have some more psychological, and it's really good for establishing emotional connection. And then Kink Kit is more, or sorry, not Kink Kit, um, Fantasy Box is more, They their boxes contain like a toy and lingerie and nice. scenarios or cards or games or some sort of icebreaker or challenge or whatever so i love how you sidestep that question do we <laughs> do we do we that role was play? like the biggest landmine that you just went nope not today satan <laughs> <laughs> we haven't okay. really we well, haven't really role played it's um, easier when you have the box it's easier when you okay. have the box right? that gives you permission so also if you've ever watched the uh, modern family there's yeah. that, the Valentine episode of like the first or second season where they go out and they're, you know, Clive and Julia and it's just hilarious. And this is obviously a recurring theme in the show if you watch it, but um, we haven't ever done anything quite like, you know, like real role playing. Right. Like I've never tried to pick you up in a bar. He's never See, tried I to pick me up. I think that's amazing. A- I want to try that, but I feel like I would feel stupid. That's the thing. We've known each other for so long. It feels so silly. And yet there is something that's intriguing about it. So, um, yeah. you know, one of these days we'll get a box and that will be like the challenge. Also, there's some weird things like sexy teacher, sexy student, whatever, mm-hmm. where Mike is actually a professor at a college. So that kind of stuff gets a little weird, a little fast. Yeah, um, oh, see, I think that would make it easier because you've know, already got high well, professor, like... <laughs> Uh, except that it gets weird because you don't want to, like, it's just weird because you're so ingrained in that being not allowed as yeah. part of his job that that is, that's a really weird dynamic. So there's some of those things that actually take you out of the moment rather than creating an alternative. True. Like, it's just so, it's so contrary. Look, all boxes aren't for everyone, but the point is maybe you can find something you like. Well, and the fantasy box ex- encourages exploring things and you can customize. So yeah. if you're interested in exploring backdoor play, they've got boxes for that. And so nice. they'll send you lubrication and butt plugs and all of the supplies so that you can be ready. Sorry, I don't know if or, you were wanting to no, talk about yeah. to this level, but you I, have zero, I have zero shame and zero, zero filter. So you want a box of handcuffs? Like I think we've established we're good. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right. Like, so if you're if you're interested in exploring, you know, BDSM stuff or just whatever, if you want, you know, feathers and to explore sensations or explore lack of sensation or explore lack of control or explore, you know, whatever the thing may be like there's, there's certain levels for that. Um, and it's actually, anyway, you can go on the website and, ex- you know, which, look at it. Which one's your favorite and I'll include a link. So I think those three, well, the third one of that is adore me, which is just lingerie. Yes. Um, I have hmm. used that one. Okay, so that's it's a little bit different from a subscription box, but you're you have a monthly like 
thing or you can skip. So it's easy to customize and do it as you want to or not. And they, you know, definitely tell you like, Hey, your monthly thing is coming up or do you want to skip this month? So you're not tied into it and it doesn't cost a lot and you can just do it once a year if you want to. I mean, I have shoe dazzle, so it's operates the same way, but I don't, I don't have shoe dazzle for porn. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Unless you want to be tied into it. Right. But I mean, and, and they just give you credits, but it is nice to have something that's encouraging you to focus again, back to number one, this is just another way that is encouraging you to spend time thinking about sex and specifically focusing on improving your sex life. And here's some interesting things you can explore to do that. So yeah. Yeah. Role play is one of the things that I have just always felt self-conscious about. I mean, all, you know, we can, we do a lot of innuendo, like, and you know, certain things like my husband at his last job, he got, I, I want to say promoted, but really they just changed his job title, but he was vice president of operations. And before he was director. So right. I would always, I would, you know, like, hello, Mr. Vice President. And, you know, like I would use yeah. that, but that's about as far as I could go. Like I couldn't, you know, <laughs> I would try to use that to like boost his ego and get him in the mood. But other than that, I, I didn't like dress up as a secretary and, you know, I, I think they're all good. Tango has a lot more emotional stuff and emotional challenges. And in fact, they do like reconnection and ask, here's questions for dates and here's, you know, ways to emotionally connect um, and to talk to kind of get comfortable talking about sex and then yeah. I think Fantasy Box is getting you more comfortable with exploring sex, you know, ideas for sexual positions, ideas for sexual scenarios, ideas for sexual role playing, that sort of thing. And then Adore Me is just clothes and lingerie. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think all three of those are very well vetted and not outrageously expensive. Right. The Fantasy Box includes toys. So if you have never really... Um, and I fully, even as a college student, was fully on board with um, getting all of our friends who were getting married at our super private Christian school. Mm-hmm. Um, I would gift them sex boxes. So I would give them condoms and baby wipes and lube and um, vibrators and yeah. all of the things, nail files for the men, because they don't think about like, That's oh, true. oh, you God, need to, you need not. to go have manicures. Like, no, and I would, you sit, not. <laughs> I would sit all of their husbands down, you know, well, their fiancés before they got married and say, you need to go have a manicure because yeah, you're, going to, nails. Be, you're yeah. going to be touching. Like you, this is one of those things you need to go have a professional manicure so that you can yeah. see how it's done and understand that this is important. Like, there are certain things that are important and this needs to be normalized so that, you know, we need to take others aside and tell them like, Oh yeah. Also it's not fun until everyone has their cookies. This is like Chinese food. Yeah, exactly. It's not over until everyone gets their fortune cookie. Like, yes, you know? that, that was an interesting thing in, in my relationship when we first got together was that, okay, you know, I used to be like, as long as the guy was satisfied, if I wasn't, it was okay. And then I got to a point, I was like, no, you might be finished, but I'm not. So you're not finished. Buck up. Buck up, buddy. Here we go. Here we go. And I also think normalizing the use of toys is good too, because, you know, I think a lot of guys sometimes see it as, well, that's just what you do when you're by yourself. Or if she needs a toy while we're having sex, then that's a, a... smear on my manhood and it's not because it's a different sensation yeah 
you know, we don't do it. I don't do it every time, but some, and my husband is the first one to say, Hey, you want me to get this out and you want to use it? And exactly. You know, it's just another layer. Yeah, it's another it's layer of explanation. And for some people that's really critical because they may not have had orgasms with just sex or just manual stimulation. Like they may need that extra level or they may not understand or have, have, explored and or so even anyway level exists <laughs> exactly so i i do think it's just important and also sometimes especially in the early days there's actual physical barriers still in place so hymen or yeah. whatever and they may not be loose enough to understand or know and so that is just another facet of getting physical preparations um anyway so we're very true. Yeah, yep. no, like y'all, like we, I can't even tell you how many people we know have been married for a long time who are like, I'm not sure if I've ever actually had an orgasm yet or not. And it's shocking every it's time they so say sad. that. It's if sad. you don't know, you haven't had one. Yep. Yeah. So, so we're always like, oh, well, let's talk about ways you can explore that. And I'm, you know, at our private Christian university, I'm that person who will yeah. happily have that conversation and say, hey, how's that going for you? You guys have been married for a few months. Is it everything? Yeah. Do, you need, do you need it? Like, yes, this is going to be uncomfortable, but if it's uncomfortable having that conversation with me, I hope that that means that it'll be less uncomfortable having that conversation with their husband. And I'm willing right. to take one for the team and put, <laughs> be a little bit uncomfortable and also know that, Hey, maybe they're thinking about things that they've not thought about or experienced yet yeah. and know that this is okay to talk about. Yeah. I compare it to like when you go into labor, it's like, you don't know what exactly it's going to feel like. Like, am I, am I having one? Am I not having one? Am I in labor and I'm not in labor? But when it happens, you know, like you just know. Exactly. Exactly. I remember my first orgasm vividly because I was like, oh, that's what I've been missing. Okay. So this is what they're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. I get it now. Okay. Exactly. All right, Mike. Guess yes. we should move this along. What's your number four? <laughs> oh, well, so uh, number four for me was just music, like you said. Yeah. Um, I, I think music, music is so important. I put it one higher on my list than you did. So yeah. there. Well, Booyah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, you know, we, have, we have a playlist. Uh, it could be longer. So um, that's what she said. Uh, yes, so, uh, I almost yeah, said well, that earlier when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. well, I'll share mine so you can add more, but, and, right. and I shuffle mine so that it's not in the same order every time. Cause yeah, that could get a little, well, you don't want to get in a routine yeah. and it kind of started, um, this I think is a funny story. You feel free to disagree. Do you remember <laughs> buying movie soundtracks on CDs? Yes. Right. Oh. So city of angels, right? Yes. Meg Ryan, Nick cage right the well, there's, a, there's a paula cole song so there's a scene there's a scene in that movie i love and that song for four seconds where she's in a bathtub right mm-hmm. four seconds and maybe it's gone we downloaded the soundtrack or download we bought the soundtrack yeah. on a cd-rom and that nice. is the filthiest song oh paula cole is but it's dirty, awesome. oh it's so dirty. good it's it's perfect and that's that's the song right there that started yeah. that started it all yeah, I, I think it's I dirty. That. It's yeah. dirty in the best ways. I say that um, movies almost like made my list. Like movie night would probably be number six on my list, but um, music. Um, 
I'm going to give you a song real quick that is filthier than that that will uh, put you in the mood. That's instantly. impossible. Excellent. Um, excellent. Oh, show I us got what one. you've got. I have one. And after we get off the phone, your job is to go look it up. Yeah. But I can't remember the name right off. It's called Another Round, and it's by Fat Joe and Chris Brown. Okay, I'm looking. Okay. I'm, I'm pulling it up now. Uh, I'm downloading I'm, it. Sight unseen. I'm not going to listen to it. I'm just Make gonna, sure uh, you get the explicit version, not the edited version. But that's, that's what I'm here for. I'm not yeah. familiar with the work of Fat Joe, but I... Okay, it it's called what? Sounds amazing. It's called Another Round. Another Round. And it, right. might, it might be my favorite song on that playlist. Okay. Besides a couple of Usher songs. Okay, but yes, that Paula <laughs> Cole, um, Cole song is amazing. Usher... when we lived in Austin I took a cardio striptease class and we were you know learning a striptease to usher and so every time like that always hits my list (laughs) yeah okay well so you kind of mentioned this Mike but my number four is actually well I'm gonna say like kind of broad overall of erotica so books and or movies I want to preface it with not porn And I am not shaming anybody that watches porn. If it works for you and you like it, that's awesome. For me, I, you know, we used to, but I feel like it sets unrealistic expectations for what get women off and for what women expect. And it's honestly just a little violent to me. If it's honestly (laughs) no shame and nobody judge me, I would watch lesbian porn over anything else because at least it's not like in your face violent. And it's not because I'm necessarily, like, I'm not attracted to women, but at least I know it's going to be more sensual. There, there is porn so I for hear, women, I right? was going to say, I, I... Isn't that a thing? No, I'm sure our, our good friend Christina could point us yes, in direction sure. of, of some respectable porn companies and some safe porn and some, some positive free body, range gluten-free some body, yes. the, the body positivity <laughs> of porn um but yeah i'm i'm with you there I, I i feel that whatever yeah whatever you as a couple as consenting adults works for all of you yes yeah i mean but, I'm not, but okay i i don't want to say thunder but like movies have you seen the thomas crown affair oh my gosh yes with so pierce good. brosnan and renee russo like try to get to the end of that movie like that oh that one's <laughs> not on my list i actually have a list of a few movies that i'm always like okay i got i got this but so are we gonna post uh, those too because i need i mean sure why not um well i mean because i'm a visual person too like you know visual and sound so i think especially when it's like a sex scene where people are either really, really passionate with each other or they're connecting on like an emotional level. That's what gets to me. I mean, whereas porn, it's like you're just watching two people fucking like, okay, well that's cool, but it's not, it's not what gets me like. It's a a more baser level of, it's not, yeah, it's just different. And I will say, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey, so much cringe in those books, but also... (laughs) I cannot tell you how much sex my husband got from me reading those three books. <laughs> well, so have you, have you listened? There's also audio versions and then there's nope, the audio. Ver- wait, wait, wait. But there's the audio version from his point of view, which is actually narrated by one of my favorite authors. Um, and I think you might like those. So where okay. the books are from her point of view and the original, yeah they actually went back and did an audio version and I can tell you 
it's either Zachary Weber or J- Jacob Morgan is the narrator and okay they're excellent so I, I tried to listen to the audiobooks of the original books and I I couldn't do it I just no, I, but I, that I, one would be different so this would be different it's going through the same thing but it's all from his point of view right, right, right. and 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 him as a narrator I think is is really it's really good and so it's just different yeah anyway it might be it might be worth a a, a gander so yeah and, and the 50 shades movies again some parts are cheesy and cringy but you know they were very you know erotic and and interesting yeah. and then um oh, the other two that I that have really good that I'm always like okay I can't watch this anymore um Unfaithful and The Boy Next Door with Jennifer Lopez that has a very very hot sex scene and I was like the first time I saw it, I was like whoa J-Lo <laughs> aren't you married <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was the movie in high school with the roller coaster? Fear. Fear. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the roller coaster. Yeah. Oh okay. my gosh. Oh my gosh. We are uh, old. We are yeah, old. That movie came out in like 1996. Yeah. I, I remember, and I kind of wish Christina was on this call now because it was this, the spirit officers. So we were all at one oh, of our yeah. houses and we were watching Fear and we were just all like, uh, and my What's boyfriend, yeah, my boyfriend was there, and I was just like, uh, <laughs> "We made up a stupid uh, Thanksgiving song, and we even included something about that movie in it." We were like, "That <laughs> is awesome!" Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, Mike or Mike oh. Beth, it's your turn. What do you got? Yep. What do you got for number three? Uh, planning, which I know this feels a lot like the others, but it I was is gonna say, not. Wasn't that your number one? Nope. Uh, so this is actually doing things that allow anticipation to meet opportunity. So for me, planning is a huge thing. And especially when we had small children, one of the biggest things Mike could do would be like, Hey, why don't you go take a bath? Because he, uh, like, he finally got to the understanding that like, Oh, to feel sexy, Beth needs time to like shower and shave and, Mm -hmm you know, like very real things that inhibit, you're like, I'm covered in baby puke and I, you know, smell gross and I haven't shaved (laughs) in a week because I haven't had five minutes to shower. Like just that sort of level of planning. If I can get a spa day, like, you know, not spa day, but you know, like I can have an hour to myself to shave and feel pretty and whatever. That's really important. Um, getting a babysitter, making opportunities, yeah. sending an evite, getting a <laughs> but, but also a Facebook just, event, right. <laughs> but also just us having that conversation ahead of time. Okay, um, so when we, you do that, you do it in anticipation of yes, because that's really okay. important for me. Um, yeah. I am a planner, and okay. I like for me to feel like. I feel we talk about this all the time for like a vacation or a party or whatever, having a surprise party or a surprise vacation or whatever, while it would Mm. be nice, I would actually miss the six months of planning or two weeks of planning or, you know, whatever, like that would be, here's my husband to refill my car Bordeaux. (laughs) Here comes the box. Like that would be really disappointing for me to not be able to have the anticipation part of it. So what that means is us also planning, And as actually, hello. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, you can edit this out. You can edit it out. 
well, there's wine all over my pants and all over my chair. Thank you. Well, uh, just leave the box. <laughs> leave, leave the box. <laughs> Thanks, lover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Yeah, so if we had a vacation or a party or something where I wasn't involved in the planning of it, I would actually miss part of the anticipation and the joy of the celebration because I wasn't anticipating it coming up. Um, So for me, part of sex is not necessarily us having it scheduled because there is some, you know, level at which we don't always schedule that, but also having the anticipation of it coming up. So having a date night or having it, you know, right. Understanding that like we have an opportunity, especially when you have children, yeah, having, yeah. having a date night and having a babysitter, getting a day off, you know, whatever, or an hour off, or I'll put the kids to bed while you go take a bath. Like yeah. that, that kind of stuff really does set a mood for me. But what about, do you like spontaneity then sometimes or? Oh yes. Not Okay. Okay. But I am much less spontaneous than Mike is. And he would right. he would back that up every day of the week. I and we even have what we refer to as the optimism kit. So like that even goes as far as to like when we're planning and packing for vacations or whatever, or, you know, I'll get it out and leave it out because it's kind of funny to like set, <laughs> you know, our box of toys out so that he'll right. see it and like, oh, oh my gosh. Okay, so she's planning something, you yes, know, because yes, <laughs> but like clues, you know, yeah. but it's it's the build up, it's the planning, it's the anticipation, which is yes. different from the daily, you know, focus and allowing like your mental headspace to be in it. But this right. is like the actual specific planning. Yeah, uh, when she says spontaneous, I think what she means is spontaneous to me, as in I well, had right. no idea she spent the last six hours planning this. <laughs> That's somewhat true i suspect that in our 20 years of marriage like sex has almost never been my idea wow and that's not particularly a bad thing um that's you know, like don't don't take this the wrong way necessarily true but yeah no that's probably close i mean and not to say that mike's like hurting well, for sex it's just that i i often think we in- figure it's always on the plate I, well I, like I, you were I saying amanda like Men, men and women have superpowers and they're different. And one mm. of men's superpowers is always rising to the occasion. We yes. can rise to the occasion. <laughs> like when, when the moment is upon us and that's great. And you know, women have other superpowers and those are amazing too. But also learning that I could initiate sex is empowering. Mm. Oh yeah. So that is hugely empowering. And so that's that not on my list, but yeah, that's a that's a huge turn on to just be like, hey, I'm gonna walk out into the living room with no shirt on, and I know that I'm instantly gonna be met, you know, yeah, with the with, flag and attention. Like, <laughs> that's right. Like, you have my full attention. Yes, you do. So that's why I, I think as women, we know it's always on the table. So I think if you don't initiate it very much, then for me, I start to feel a little self conscious. Like I want it to be sort of equal, but I also know that he if I want it, I'm going to get it. So that's kind of empowering as well. Yeah. I will say from a male perspective, like it's really nice and awesome when women initiate. Yeah. Because we're expected to like always be the ones to try to persuade women or that's a very fine line from manipulate women into (laughs) having sex with us. And 
it's nice just to feel wanted every now yeah. and then. And I will say, um, having a few, and obviously in the realm of Me Too movement, this is not rare, right? Having people mm-hmm. who have been taken advantage of or, you know, victims of rape yeah. or sexual violence or um, whatever, having the ability or the wherewithal yeah. to initiate, I think is really empowering and important for um, recapturing Mm-hmm. and reframing that pain um it's really 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 helpful so for and me I think that's another time when trust comes into it like what we were talking about before mm-hmm. because absolutely i have had some unfortunate experiences in my past that have made certain things uncomfortable for me and when i know that my husband is not gonna it, there's no violation it, there, there of your trust I, or your body yeah, like I know that I can just be fully myself and and open and that it's he knows what my boundaries are and Absolutely. honestly when somebody knows your boundaries you can almost like ignore the boundaries. Yep. That makes yep. sense. Yep. You it's don't like have they to, don't exist anymore. When you don't like, have to worry about having to enforce them because right. you have somebody that honors that. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, flip right. that awesome. script. Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) So yeah, that's mine. Okay. Planning, Um, initiation. So I'm going to let Mike go in a second, but Beth, I'm going to need you to talk about something a little bit more physical. I really thought this was going to be more risque. You're starting to disappoint me. Okay. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm getting there. Okay. Okay. All right. Mike, number three. I haven't seen her list. We'll see if Beth brings it. Uh, But don't worry. Like I'm here as always to balance Beth out. Her next one's going to be butt plugs. (laughs) I, I was... That. Come on, I, I know, talked about I backdoor action, all the she's, things. She's so, waiting to bring that one back out. I okay. was I was making my list. I was like, number three. If only there was some way of having three, like some some three way that would be like an interesting thing for number three. Like some three way oh, yeah. to think about. And then I realized, like, it, oh, like it's obvious, right? fantasy yeah i was about to say fantasy in that situation is better in reality i can tell you from experience well, so that <laughs> that was that was actually the point i was wanting to make like yeah i there there are times where fantasy and reality should like you can explore that and come together and there's times where you shouldn't so you know yeah. like if if beth like were to always tell me like my fantasy is for like you know, a young guy with really long hair and more than one ab. Like, and if I, <laughs> if I kept hearing that like over and over, like that would make me feel like really inadequate. And so like, you know, there are times when like, you know, maybe you keep your fantasies to yourself, but there are times when I think like Beth was saying, like there's an intentionality, like, let me send you a text about the things that I'm thinking of doing to you later. Yeah. yeah. And there's an intentionality there. That's like, we've got kids and we've got jobs and we're tired and we're, we're messy and we're stressed and we're depressed and it's hard. And like, let's carve out some time to actually make this an intentional priority. Yeah. And like there are fantasies that you share with your partner and that's great and that's cool. And sometimes there's fantasies that like 
remind you that you're a human being and sex is a part of your like personhood and keep, keep your, keep your sexual self alive. Yes. That's a good one. And I think a lot of times, you know, fantasies, especially because, you know, of pornography and because of just movies and, and just culture that you think a lot of things are going to be this magical thing that you dream of and they're actually not. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you have to learn that the hard way. Um, but a lot of times the reality isn't as good as the fantasy when it comes to. Sure. And, and again, that can't, that's probably not true for everybody. I'm not speaking for everyone. I just know as myself in a committed relationship, exploring yeah. that particular option was not what the expectation was. And so I think it didn't enhance your relationship. No. In the way that you were wanting or expecting or hoping. And so therefore it was something you tried and then didn't do again. And that's right. I think that's okay. Yeah. I think there's value to that. You learned and better than not, maybe not ever, not ever knowing or wondering or. And there's value, but there's also, the huge potential for pain. And so I think that the risk of it, the risk is, you know, I think if you come out of it unscathed, you're very fortunate. Mm. Um, So I think it just depends on the people, but yeah, some fantasies are better left in fantasy and you kind of know that. And I think it's okay to play on that. And that's again, a part of being in a trusting relationship, you know, well, and that, saying we hey we'll try this and if it didn't work okay yep yeah or like we were talking about earlier like we have so many friends who grew up like you know being told that premarital sex is wrong and you can't do it and so they had in their head these amazingly impossibly huge expectations right sex was going to be like and then we're inevitably disappointed yeah and it was we've seen that do real damage in people's marriages yeah relationships like yeah it really really does and, and that's so my th- oh sorry no 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 it just there's this part where like you can let this become super unhealthy uh very quickly yeah yeah i know that's my thing with kind of like the mainstream pornography aspect is that it does you know because let's be real a lot of young boys or not boys, but teenagers and even like young adult men watch porn. And it, it's not that I'm saying it's a bad thing, but I think if you haven't been in a a serious relationship with a woman, you do go into those with these expectations of, okay, she wants me to just, you know, rail her like I'm you know a jackhammer and she's gonna get off in two seconds and and all I have to do is walk in the room and she's gonna blow me like it's just and that's not real life and then it puts you in this mindset of my pleasure is the only one that matters and so again why we're talking about this because I think it's important for everybody but not to be like you know generalizing but I think especially for women to be able to say hey my pleasure matters too. So yeah, absolutely. Step up your game. <laughs> yeah. There, there's something about porn that's dehumanizing. Like, like we're, the objectification. we're treating you that you're just like a body and you're not a full person. And there's real danger to anything that does that 
level of dehumanizing and right. objectification. Yeah. So I guess I would say like fantasy can be a tool to bring you all together and make your relationship stronger and your sex life better. Yes, it can, Professor. (laughs) Or it can be a tool that divides you and isolates you and separates you and makes your life unrealistic and makes reality awful. Yeah. I think it's just being on the same page. Yeah. 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 Because there are probably some couples who love to watch hardcore porn and they both are okay with it. And I think that's great. I just, I don't like the expectations that it sets. And so I, I wish that there was more like education around what yeah, makes absolutely. the other one tick, you know? Yep. And, and oh, two, I'm always like... That would make the world a better place. Yeah, and I don't even necessarily think it's that educational for women because the way I see blowjobs done sometimes in porn isn't necessarily the way a guy always wants it done or the way it is the best way to do it. Like, yeah. you know, so it's all, you know, getting... Obviously, that was really graphic sorry but it's, but it's theatrical and it's, it's not reality yeah exactly. can we get a freaking instruction man please that's all i want I, I can go to youtube for everything else and i can learn how to do it correctly like, okay my mom gave me a set of books from the 70s that looked nice. like little yearbooks that this was that nice. was my sex talk yeah like, excellent 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 i was doing things before i even know what like like what, what job i didn't know what that term meant until i was in college I was doing it. I didn't know. Sure. I mean, okay. I sound like a real slut. Can I just, for everybody's knowledge, say that <laughs> I was in a long-term relationship in high school and then my senior year, I got into another long-term relationship. So I was not like the school skank. Far from it. She I was bet, not. I bet we everybody have, thought we, I was a virgin. We verification. We, we can confirm. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh God. What number are we on? <laughs> oh, well, where are we? Number, yeah. number three. 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 Okay. You're on so number three. Yeah. You go. For three, I have um, massage. So oh, nice. For me, and it doesn't even have to be a good, like, you know, I don't need a professional massage from my husband. I, For me, it's about, first of all, the act of giving, which I think is always yeah. a turn on for both parties. I, you know, the fact that he wants to make me feel good. And 99.9% of the time, if he's giving me a massage, I know it's leading to sex. So that's bing, fine bing, with me. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah, uh, that, that's fine with me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's illegal. It's legal. You don't have to leave a big tip at the end. It's great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For he me, it's a big tip. Stop oh. that. Yeah, somebody gets a big tip. <laughs> Oh my God. We're digressing into 12 year olds now. I love it. Um, it's fine. Yeah. More wine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but no, for me, I feel like a massage is again, I'm a very, so not, not to like portray myself as this very needy. Like I always need this super romantic, sensual stuff. Cause there are times when I'm just like, okay, let's go have sex. It's passionate. It's five minutes. It's you yep. know, hit it and quit it. And we're going to bed. Yep. But for me, a massage is about the, it's like the sensuality and like, you know, your bodies against each other and kind of like the, the anticipation that, you know, okay, well right now he's massaging my shoulders, but eventually that hand's going to end up somewhere else and I'm anticipating it. And so it's exciting. And it's just, it's a nice act again of giving with your spouse or whoever your sensual, sensual, your sensual, (laughs) your sensual partner. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to coin that phrase. Your sensual other. That's a sexual <laughs> other. 
I mean, it's oh. better than significant other. Significant other is what I yeah. Significant could be any person. Right. Sensual yeah. other I mean, is a specific yeah. person. So, yeah, you're significant to me, darling. Like, no, you're yes. sensual. sensual. Yeah. You're my sensual You're other. my sensual other. <laughs> and okay, like, yes, I'm uh, not... I'm not a, a massage new agey. is a good way to get in my pants. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Now we know. No, like I'm not a new agey guy, but like there's something so healing about human touch. Yes. And like you said, like it it makes that transition from like I'm I'm a normal person, like, you know, working person, like husband, wife, father, mother, whatever, to like now I get to be a fun, like adult. It's interesting, uh, we were talking about, you know, like porn and different things mike is much more touch centric than he mm-hmm. is even visual centric. that's my love language so yeah and beth was not interested in touch when she had toddlers crawling all over her nope i was right. touched out was touched all, out. all yeah. the touched and we weren't well equipped you know back then in our relationship it. to talk about it yeah, yeah. anyway yeah. just and that's the time when you need to, but you don't, you don't yeah. know. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so like we were talking about like gender roles and stuff before, but like, I want to say like, this man needs to be touched, damn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and I need to have more control and initiation than he does. Like it's very, you know, it's okay to not have stereotypical roles. Right. I think that love language conversation, you know, people get kind of, kind of cheesy about it or whatever, but what is that guy's name? John, what's his name? whoever wrote that John love language yes there you go that (laughs) love language thing to me is such a breakthrough that like it is important because it's absolutely true the way people give love and the way that they feel love are all different and if you don't know what that is for your partner then you might be failing them and you don't even know it yeah yeah yep and and I've even used it at work like there's a quiz you can use because I mean I have people that are technically my employees so I've given them these quizzes where it it tells you like not in a romantic way but just like general what's their love language and then it gives you things you can do for that particular employee that will show them that you value them and it's different for everyone yeah absolutely yeah yeah I like that that's cool and it goes in that general like I don't want to be an asshole like Mm -hmm. yep and that would make the world a better place. All right. We're getting close to finishing. Excellent. <laughs> All right. It's been a lot the of moment is it's coming. It's time to climb out on this. Yeah. Uh, so number two. Change, change of scenery is my number two. Oh, nice. So Ooh. I am one of those people who really has a hard time dissociating from my surroundings. So Mike can attest he will never get more sex than if I'm in a hotel on vacation oh, yeah. away from home because it, and it, part of it is probably plays into that fantasy thing, mm-hmm. but it, it is my way of escaping. Same. So I need yeah. to be able to disconnect from the responsibility of my everyday life and change of scenery is huge for that. Yeah. And that can even happen in our own house or whatever, but just not. Yeah. I need to be someplace yeah. new or different or have a different, you know, whatever. And sometimes that could be being blindfolded or removing, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there could be other aspects of that that don't necessarily have to be like going out and renting a hotel room, but something that changes my level of awareness from a normal perspective. 
All right. Well, that was- my, my husband knows a hotel room is money very well spent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and yeah, the ocean, instant lady boner. Nice. Well, and I mean, if an ocean's involved, you're getting laid. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just hugely important, and and that probably goes back to fantasy and whatever. But it really does play into kind of the deeper things that turn me on. Like this yeah. is some way that I'm able to relax. This is some way that I'm able to dissociate from responsibilities and things that weigh me down and come yeah. out of myself and and be able to embrace that. It reminds me of that one time I asked you, like, what's actually going through your head? Like, what, what do you think about when we have sex? And That was not a good question. There was 45 <laughs> seconds of silence, and then, like, you actually don't want to know. You probably don't know what you're asking. <laughs> no, I'm with you on that for, you know, vacation and hotels and even semi-public places or sure. sure I mean that could be a huge I, turn on I can't tell you how much car sex in different places has happened movie, because movie theaters yeah or whatever yeah um I actually have a good story about that <laughs> don't oh. worry it's not it, it's not sex um well close uh so when my husband and I we were still dating and I still lived in Oklahoma City he lived in Arlington so we went to go um we went out to eat at Olive Garden, and um, we ordered, we were like looking at the menu, and we're like, let's get a bottle of the house wine, so we're like, okay, so we order it, like, bottle of the house, like, Cabernet, whatever, and the waiter looked at us really weird, but he didn't say anything, he came back with a jug, like, a gallon jug of wine, and we were like, um, fuck, (laughs) (laughs) that's a lot of wine, so we had, like, two hours until it was time for our movie, and so we drank almost the entire thing. And he comes back when we are close to being done with it and says, oh, I could have bottled that up for you and you could have took it home. <laughs> we were so, but by that oh. time we weren't pissed because we were drunk, but right. in hindsight, I'm pissed. So <laughs> That's so funny. We went to see a movie, I would say about 10 years ago, if you could just think of a movie that would be like the worst movie to see when you're super drunk, anything come yep. to mind? Sure. Uh, Lord of the Rings. No. <laughs> 10 years ago. Um, let's see, 10 years ago, 2010. Um, Harry Potter. No. All right, no. Beth, you get a guess and then I'm going to tell yeah. you. I got nothing. Okay. Inception. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is not a good movie yeah. to try to follow. So we are freaking hammered. <laughs> we're in the movie theater. We were at um, Studio Movie Girl. Do you guys have yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, you know, you kind of have like little tables and chairs. And I will just say that we fooled around for about the first 40 minutes of the movie. Didn't see any of it. And then we were so drunk we couldn't follow you, it. You weren't, you weren't going to yeah. understand that movie anyway. It was a lost no, cause. No. Yeah, it was a lost cause by then. Yeah. So. We chose the path to victory. That, yeah. <laughs> you were redeeming that movie. <laughs> I was really the only one that got any victory, unfortunately, for him. But he got it later. It's okay. But yeah. So thanks, Olive Garden and Studio Movie Girl for that. All right. More corporate sponsor. <laughs> More corporate sponsorship. <laughs> All right. So what's your okay. number two? Number two. Uh, boobs. Yep. That's yeah. Mike's. Yeah. Again, like Beth is 
complex and emotional and thought out and intellectual. And she is. I, I'll just say that men are, my understanding is that women get turned on by how they feel and men get turned on by what they see. Okay. Yep. And I think it's, that's generally mostly true. Also, it, Mike just really likes boobs. Also, Mike just really likes boobs. If I was a guy, I would freaking love boobs. They're just awesome. I agree right? with you on that. They're yeah, like, great. Yeah. Sometimes they're... I hold my own and I'm just like, it's not a turn on for me, but I'm like, if I was a guy, I'd like to put my hands yeah. on these. They're pretty cool. Yeah. There's, there's something, you know, to grab onto. They're comforting. Yeah. There's all yeah. kinds of things, right? Yep. My husband's more of an ass man, but he likes the boobs too. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't feel upset by that. If I was a guy, I'd be all about the boobs. Yeah. All right. So yeah, yeah, broader theme though, yeah. Men are men are turned on by what they see. And so yeah. uh yep. yeah. Well, go. I think women could be turned on by what they see if penises weren't so freaking ugly. <laughs> They're kind of weird. <laughs> That's the thing. Like Okay, Everyone's I'm sorry. Like, I'm not trying to body shame you. They're just not no, actually pleasing. I'm They're on the weird. same page. Everyone's like, you know, boobs, great. But I, I don't imagine a bunch of chicks are in the locker room going like, yeah, balls. Yeah. No, into, it's like two naked mole rats like running around together. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. They're, but that's how you know someone loves you because especially balls, they are not no i don't want to but i will do what i have to do to them because i know it makes you happy so it's all about when you love somebody and you want to please them yeah i mean i guess they hold the important stuff so we have to appreciate them for the ride yeah yeah what are you gonna do they're just like accessories like giant earrings yeah there you go the dangly bits yeah yeah all right boobs good one okay so my number two is soft touching there you go so kind of like teasing and tantalizing you know like where you don't just jump right into let's have sex but just very you know almost like giving you a preview of what's going to happen you know i think that it's it's very intimate and very loving but also can just be erotic even if you're not in a love love relationship but um but things that give you the chills yes like it just it awakens all your senses and then it's like and it's almost like you know getting really close to something and then coming back and it's like you know the more build-up makes that ending more explosive the heightened Um, nerve ends the heightened sensation can you unpack that a little bit so you did massage earlier and yeah. then you've got soft touch, and then you've got like sex. What's the boundaries between these? Well, this is more like sensation well, type. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know that there's boundaries necessarily, but like, um, okay, so for an example, when my husband and I were first dating, we went to the movies um, with like a bunch of people, and we sat next to each other, and he just like slowly stroked my arm, like for the whole movie, and I was just like, okay, I really just want to get out of here and see where this could go because I'm, and again, it's the beginning of a relationship and whatever, but even if like you're just sitting on the couch and like kind of softly like stroking somebody's neck or everybody has their different turn-ons. And for me, unless I'm in that space, it's not the grab you and, you know, hold on. It's the, let me touch you really softly and kind of like, yeah, make all the hairs on your neck stand up and like, yeah. 
the suggestion that's coming. Yeah. Yes. So I think that's different than massage, but I guess you could kind of put them in the same category, but I think it's more like the spontaneity of sitting on the couch and you start playing with their hair or, you know, stroking their arm or their neck. It's like, oh, well that came out of nowhere. And it's really like, you know, kind of tantalizing. Yep. So there's a fantasy box for this, by the way. (laughs) Just just saying, throwing that out there. I am a touch centered person too. Yeah. Obviously. You know, like, honestly, for me, if, you know, my husband will walk by me and grab my ass and I'm like, okay. And it's not because he's trying to have sex, but I'm like, that doesn't put me in the mood. But if he were to, you know, come up behind me and slowly start like caressing my butt, I'd be like, okay, I like where this is going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Do that a little more. Yeah. And and that's where the communication comes in because everybody's different. Mm, Right. Yeah. You know? And then even in different scenarios, you're different. But when your person knows that's what you like, you know, like, I I won't get too deep into it, but I have a specific spot that I like to be touched very lightly. And it's not like an even sensual spot, but my husband knows it. And so sure. he knows that that's going to get me like, ooh, I like that, you know? Yep. Yeah, no, the, the invitation is, is right. really nice. Yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, hey, this person wants me and I feel special. Yeah. Yep. All right, it's time for the big climax. <laughs> All right, my I number one. Wow. My number one was Done. fantasy, actually. Oh, hey so, oh, congratulations. And mine's maybe we had one in common. I know, and it's not just <laughs> fantasy, but I think that kind of overarching, but romantic books, audiobooks, podcasts, movies, and again, I also noted apart from porn. <laughs> Yeah, I did too. Um, just because I, I think, and again, not, not out of place for shame, but that often is not actually viewed by both partners in the same light. And so mm-hmm. um, that can be damaging to the relationship instead of being edifying or you know, building up both, both sides. Um, and so that could be damaging, but things that help excite you. So fantasy, yeah. things that, you know, again... Um, I'm actually a big proponent of books and audiobooks, and I realize that people are like, oh, well, that's porn for women. Who cares? Except that they're empowering, like they're they're not demeaning to women or to one party, um, usually, and again, but also I view them differently because you're not watching something else happen. In a book, you lose yourself I lose myself in the book and I'm in that right. imagining myself as that character for so right. for me, it is very different than the visualization of porn right? because I'm not imagining myself in that scenario. Uh, anyway. Well, and it's like, if you're reading 50 shades of gray, like I'm not asking my husband to read that book with me. I'm reading it because I want to read it. And then when I'm, you know, visualizing those situations, yeah, same thing. I'm visualizing myself as, in that situation and I'm not even fantasizing like about Christian Grey. I'm just imagining right. being in that. And then I go approach my husband with, hey, I want to have sex now. It's not like, hey, read this book with me so we can both be turned on. Well, and also <laughs> it explores the things that turn me on. So right. one of the reasons that I like and that it works for me, like one of the reasons it's such a big turn on is because it's exploring the things that do excite me in a way that is safe 
which I don't think we always have a safe avenue to really explore those things. So for me, that's fantasy is actually my number one because it allows me to explore things that I may not be comfortable. I may not be comfortable. It's not even about what Mike is comfortable with. I may not be comfortable exploring that in reality, but it allows me a safe place to explore those things and see what I might be interested in exploring with him. Right. So anyway, that's my number one. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. All right. Number one. What's your happy ending? Yes. So (laughs) I've had so many like really insightful things to say so far in my top five, right? Boobs. Yeah, right. (laughs) It it was sounding like a really weird version of 12 Days of Christmas, right? (laughs) Five cups of wine. Uh, what is it? Well, at least four, you have boobs four two, sexy so you songs, three folks in bed, two lovely boobs, there and a girl who wants to have fun. Oh, oh, so that's your number one. So my number one, like honestly, <laughs> the thing that I really love more than anything is to know, to feel like wanted and desired and to be with a partner who wants Mm -hmm. me back as much as I want her and uh, to be with someone who's enthusiastic and passionate not like all right I guess you want sex so do the thing to me do the thing while I lie here and think (laughs) about like my plans for tomorrow Like, like there's I know I know it's so corny but there's like a look and a smirk that she can give me that's Aww. like, hey, like, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and by she, I mean Joey Trebbiani. Joni. Joni. That's our fantasy role play. <laughs> what I do is I look a girl up and down and I say, how you doing? How, how you doing? doing? Yeah, I I always wanted to be a Chandler, but I'm just a Ross. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. I'm Monica. It's, so you know. and it would have been weird. No, I'm Monica. We Ross and Monica to end up though, yeah. right? Like that's not okay. I don't know. Are you neurotic enough? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I really am. <laughs> Ask my husband. Yeah. 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 And OCD enough. So uh, no, that's general, I mean that's the thing. You're right. That's the thing. That's the ultimate thing. For for want. all the the women out there who want to know what it is that men want, I would say like enthusiasm. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it'll get you. You don't want to feel like you're taking it from her. You want to feel like she's giving it to you. Yeah, you and yeah. and there might be some people who like really get off on like yeah, I manipulated her to do this thing that she doesn't want to do. Yeah, like. But that's not normal. That's not Those like people aren't in relationships. Those people are sociopaths, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. To have a, see, someone who's enthusiastic about it, that's And great. a girl who wants to have fun. Girls, yes. they want to have fun. They yeah, do. They do. They yeah, just they do. Wanna. So we're, we're adding that to the playlist. That's they what I hear. In the bedroom. Wanna. Please don't have sex. The girls just want to have fun. <laughs> well, never have before oh okay <laughs> all right what's your number one all right so my number one is talking about it basically there you go hey. so i am not 
I would say this is my one of my big weaknesses. I'm very adventurous physically, but I am not a good dirty talker. So yeah. I'll, just, I'll just put that out there. It's not my thing. It's so However, hard to talk about it's it, right? Hard. However, as much as I am not good at it, I do want to hear it a little bit. Like, yeah, I want someone to tell me I'm desirable. I'm sexy. That they want me to tell me, uh, not in super detail, but what they want to do to me. Like, yeah, that kind of stuff make it empowers me to want to do more things. Do you want it before or during or yes, all the time? All the time. Well, yep. I mean, uh, not all the time, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like, no, I mean, I, I think even before, just as like a like a confidence booster. Yeah. You know, the the more that my husband can tell me how much I turn him on the more I will do more things to please him Yep, it's because it, because it boosts my confidence in how good I am at what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, subtlety is fine too with that. It doesn't have to be like filthy, but I, I need that verbal encouragement, I guess. Oh that, yeah. Yeah. I am desirable because again, I'm overweight, you know, I'm about to be freaking 42 you know I'm I already am yeah (laughs) I've got you know I mean I'm very self-conscious about my weight because I'm a lot heavier than I was when we got together and sure when we got together I I mean that was 14 years ago so you know I felt sexier I felt like you know I was skinnier and all that but honestly I've hit my sexual peak since we've been together as far as how good it is yeah in my in my 30s my late 30s so but also I've got, you know, I've got type one diabetes. So every time we have sex, I'm thinking about, okay, well I can take my insulin pump off, but I still have my glucose monitor on my body and I have my pump insertion site on my body. And it's like, he's going to be kissing my stomach and then he's going to run into this piece of plastic. And then I start feeling self-conscious or is my blood sugar going to get low in the middle of sex and we're going to have to stop so I can drink some juice, which has happened multiple times. Right. So absolutely. Got to stay hydrated. So, you know, planning has to go into it for me just from a, that perspective, because I can tell you how many times we've been in the middle of something and my blood sugar gets low and I'm like, I'm sorry, we have to stop because give me a minute. (laughs) I need to regroup. Yeah. And all of that stuff weighs so heavily on me that I have a hard time getting into the moment because I'm so self-conscious. So when I have that extra affirmation, then I feel better about it. So yeah. Yeah. And I know that that plays into, that's a not uncommon thing for lots of people who have medical conditions, right? I mean, we talked about this a little bit. I had a Lammy, we were kind of joking and I, they were talking about sex with oxygen. And this is a whole subsection (laughs) of the Lammy handbook um, (laughs) and talking about, you know, Okay, well, you just need to get a longer cord so you can leave your your, your oxygen tank and whatever. And I was like, well, right. that it? I, and I, you know, was newly diagnosed and terrified and trying to figure everything out. And I remember sitting there and I said, well, doesn't that interfere? And the lady goes, well, I don't wear the I don't wear the oxygen on my vagina, you know. Like, <laughs> exactly. And and you know, we all had a good laugh, but there's some there's some aspect of that that's absolutely true. Our hang-ups with those things is much greater than, you know, our partners. Right. Uh, and 
yeah, it was just that really helped kind of reframe that perspective of, okay, so this really is my hang up. And this just goes into another way that I'm disappointed or betrayed by my own body. But my husband doesn't feel that sense of betrayal. He's still amazed at this wonderment that I'm still here (laughs) and that my body is still functioning and that he can bring me pleasure. And that's not his primary concern about, you know, what are we going to do with the oxygen line or how does this work? You know, when you have scars and, but it's so hard too, because, you know, when you think like, I have to try to separate myself from it. Cause I, like I said, I can think about he's running his hand down my body Absolutely. and he's going to hit this little piece of plastic or, and then I'm going to be worried about, is he going to rip it off? And that thing cost a hundred dollars. And right. you know, it's like all this mental stuff that even without medical problems, there's all kinds of mental stuff like about, yeah. you know, whatever you have going on. But I, I struggle with that a lot because I, I feel like, well, he could be with somebody that doesn't have this crap, you know? Sure. <laughs> so it's like, well, it and I know he doesn't, you. yeah, he doesn't care. I know he doesn't care, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, well, you know, yeah. I wish I, I didn't have these hurdles and, you know, it really sucks to be in the throes and then have to be like, okay, I'm sorry. My blood sugar's low. We have to stop or I'm going to pass out. Like, yep, absolutely. You know, like he could be with somebody who doesn't have to do that and didn't stop in the middle of sex and you know yeah but she wouldn't be nearly as cool as you (laughs) that's true that's true I'm pretty cool yeah it's just funny how our hang-ups really are and even when they're serious ones like we we have thing in the grand scheme of things we we also have to figure out how to get past them or how to you know like okay well I can still you know, enjoy this, even though I still have to be mindful of X, Y, Z or whatever. So you guys have one in common. I I lost track because we have talked for so long. I don't even know what we had in common. I'm going to have to go back and look. Yeah, (laughs) you you and Mike actually had a couple. Yeah. Yeah, We had had wine and music. Music, yes. Beth and I did fantasy. Yeah. And we kind of had the planning... That's a bit yeah. of a stretch. I mean, it I've is. never sent you an Evite. <laughs> never okay. sent you an Evite. But no, if no. you have sent a text that says what you want to do to her later, then that's kind of planning. No, he yeah. hasn't. He's bad at his dirty talk game. Is not. It's true. It's underdeveloped. Yeah. I am so much better at dirty talk through text. So mm. I can write the filthiest stuff you have ever seen through a text message. I just can't see it, say it out loud. <laughs> I just never know which emojis to use. Right? <laughs> oh, eggplant always works, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. I, I maybe that episode of Friends where uh, Joey teaches Ross how to talk dirty to a girl. Have you seen that one? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's the most elaborate filth you ever heard. I'm like, that's me in writing, but not, right. not verbally. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I almost turned monosyllabic, syllabic, <laughs> whatever. I'm like, uh, okay, I want you. Yeah, right there. That's uh, good. Yes. Uh, okay, that's all I got. <laughs> yes, now, there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Higher, lower, to the left. That, that's there you all go. you get. <laughs> You're the best. I love you. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cheerleading. <laughs> Don't stop. <laughs> Keep going. Well, that was good. I, I think that... At least we had fun, and, and yeah, maybe... you have a lot of you have a lot of material there to work with. Yeah, no, yes. best best episode ever. Yeah, I agree. 
maybe uh, some people will at least get some laughs, but hopefully get some value out of it. And I mean, we gave them so many good ideas. So, I mean, so much good advice. Obviously. Quality. <laughs> and we yeah, even, yeah. I, I mean, I gave specific songs and movies, so at least you can take that and the subscription boxes. I mean, the show notes are going to be worth, yeah. worth their weight. Yeah. yeah. If nothing else, it's the cliff notes. That's all you need. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, as always, it's good to it's good to sit and talk with you. I can't believe it's been a year since you were I here. I know. Oh, COVID. I need to see you again. I know. Stupid COVID. Hate COVID. <laughs> hey, maybe we'll get a vaccine soon. It's true. We're, we're it's close. <laughs> maybe we'll get something. I mean, Texas is such a shit show right now. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Even... I can't believe, you know, other states are like, okay, we're looking at lockdowns again and mandatory masks, and Texas is just out here like, fuck your masks, I'm going to go to the party. <laughs> like, yeah, they are, they are, are all the things, and I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I, I can't handle it. Yeah, it's, Working it's, in a doctor's office is uh, getting real tiring. Yeah, I can't even I, imagine what the people in hospitals must be feeling, because I'm over it, and I can't, it's not even near what hospital staff's doing but yeah. no I, I can't imagine i'm already so i've been over it and yeah it's a hot mess i'm ready for that to go away so hopefully yeah soon all right well i hope you two go explore something that maybe you learned about each other or at least uh, revisit something and, i mean uh, we hit like all of our top five we had wine yeah. and all the things so yeah. no, i am i'm gonna take beth's list i'm gonna laminate it <laughs> That's going in the nightstand drawer yes. next to the baby wipes. And then you could get a dry erase marker and just check one off each that's, time and then erase yeah. it and start over. <laughs> right. I and mean, and when I get 10 punches on the card. <laughs> <laughs> get then one you get a free me. handy. Yeah. <laughs> do, you really, do you really think I'm going to let you initiate? Like, that's not how it's <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Clearly, that's not your strong suit. <laughs> but that's okay, because I have the boobs. So. Uh, yeah, 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 there you go. The boobs are what matters. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this with of me. Course. I appreciate it, and I hope we get to do it again. And uh, I know we did uh, vaguely talk about doing top five sex positions. So if we want to, if we want to, uh, what the hell is the word? Offend more prudes. Oh, that would be the right. way to go. Well, and we may also be back for like, you know, top five science questions or something. Oh, yeah. You know, more I, on our actual expertise. Than- if, if we do top five science questions, it's literally going to be me asking you guys science questions. Well, like, we could I, also I, have your listeners submit questions. They could ask their top yes. five science questions and we could answer them. So Ooh. we might be able to, there might be ways you could play around with that. So. That's a good so wait, wait, wait. You're going to ask your listeners to choose between science questions sex positions i mean and like you really wonder which one well, when when she gets christina they can ask her about the yeah. science of sex positions so she can talk about all of the science of the actual sex positions yeah, there's, be great. there's actual experts out there like not us monkeys who are making yeah. it up as we go along that's true like do we want to talk about atoms and protons and neutrons and ions or do we want to talk about uh, reverse cowgirl i mean yeah that's right <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, you know your listeners better than I do, but I'm going to venture a guess here. So far, I have like 20 listeners, so it's still up for grabs. So some people might be interested about, you know, like rant, like actual practical, why is the sky blue? Or... Oh, I know, I know, call on me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, but there, there could be, you know, there could be actual legit science questions or how do vaccines work? Or... I agree, I like science. There's, there's some things. Science is cool. Yeah, but I still haven't stopped thinking about reverse cowgirl. But you're still all sitting, <laughs> sitting over here on the sex train. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we know what y'all's homework is. So uh, <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, Beth and Mike, you guys are the best. I love you guys. Thanks for doing this. And uh, I don't even know what I'm doing next week because this is going to be really tough to follow. So uh, yeah, good right. luck with that. Yeah. Good night, everybody. And uh, yeah, for now, just keep sipping until. Uh, you know, COVID goes away or even after COVID goes away. Whoop, 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 whoop.